Welcome to Election Profit Makers, your guide to winning and losing money on political outcomes and, yes, current events. Same as it ever was, my friends. You've tried the rest, now try the best. The one and only Election Profit Makers, coming to you live from your podcasting software and your earbuds, headphones, telephones, and laptop computers. And don't forget the Bluetooth speaker. Bluetooth Charlie, I see you. How's it going out there on Highway 604? My name's Kid Midas, the original Wave Rider, and I'm joined out here on Highway 604 by the one and only Long John Distance Trucker, Kimball. Hey there, CB. Hey there, CB friends, right? Yeah. CB Radio. What are you hauling today? Yeah, hot takes, chickens, Mm. and um, pine straw. Those Those are things you see getting hauled a lot here in the Piedmont area. Pine Remember straw. We, we used to see chicken trucks going by. Oh, yeah, with little feathers oh, flying out. One. Yeah, you always had to be careful because they'd run those red lights. You'd be like, you don't want to get what? run over by a, a chicken truck at the corner of 15501 and Willow Drive back in Oh, my God. Talk to us about the corner of 15501 and Willow Drive. Let's take it back. Telling you what. Now it's called Fordham Boulevard. Back then it was just called the 15501 Bypass. Now it's just called 15501. What's up with that? Well, you know, they 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 made 15501 bypass and then 15501 business was Franklin Street. And then they were like, why are we doing this? And they just dropped the business part and then just. It was like that. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about more road m- memories of roads and infrastructure in the triangle. Well, uh, Interstate 40 uh, was go. built in the in the triangle. It was the Final link occurred around 1987 when the U.S. Olympic Festival was hosted in the Research Triangle area, and that connected uh, a you know transnational interstate from Barstow, California, to Wilmington, North Carolina. So it was pretty exciting at the time. I remember you being excited about that. You weren't. I don't remember my own excitement, but I remember you being excited. Yeah. Yeah. Interstates are exciting. Interstates are exciting. You heard it here first, folks. Interstates are exciting. From one state to another, how will we travel between the two? We could try using the local interstate highway. That's right. The Eisenhower Interstate Highway. What the heck is that? I think they called it like the National Defense Interstate Highway. Holy shit, that sounds tough. Where'd that go? Well, I think I think it's probably still exists on paper, but it was so we could like move our tanks around in the event that the Ruskies attacked. Maybe I don't know. Hmm. Does anyone care about this? I probably not. I don't, but maybe some of our listeners do. This is a preview for what you lucky listeners are going to get if you go to Wesleyan University yeah. this Thursday in Connecticut to see us live. Oh boy, John and I just had a planning call about Connecticut's program. What a night that's going to be! Do want to let everybody know that um, if you haven't RSVP'd by now, I think you might be out of luck because I think they're at capacity and they have shut down the RSVP page. So what happens if if somebody shows up and they don't have an RSVP? They're just turned away? They get the shit beat out of them oh. by the security staff. Okay. All the more reason, friends, to contact your local bar or academic institution and ask if they would like to host a live episode of Election Profit Makers. But for those of you who RSVP'd, we look forward to seeing you this Thursday night at the live episode and then at the meetup afterwards. No, this episode will not be streamed, recorded, or otherwise distributed. We have to keep our live show under wraps because our hope is that we can take this show on the road. 
So we don't want to give away any spoilers for this amazing episode, especially because it includes my experimental music and noise music history trivia contest, which is going to be a delight for all who choose to attend. So we'll look forward to seeing all our East Coast and Connecticut friends this Thursday. And for the rest of you, again, contact your local town council about hosting the election profit makers in your community. We will travel on the interstate from state to state and arena to arena, venue to venue, coliseum to coliseum, spreading our wisdom and words of delight like Johnny Appleseed. Remember him? He traveled across the country on the interstate throwing out apple seeds to grow apple trees. Is that what he did? Yeah, that's why he's called Johnny Appleseed. Oh, okay. You don't know that? No, I know it's... I never knew like a lot of those fairy tales and oh stuff. Oh my god. Okay. Do you know who Paul Bunyan is? Yeah. Yeah, he chopped down some trees and stuff. What was notable about Paul Bunyan? Uh, he had an ox. And what was the ox's name? I can't remember his ox's name. Babe. Babe. Yeah, yeah, Babe. Babe, the big blue ox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there was something else that was notable about Paul Bunyan. Can't remember. Uh, I'm not a... ki- I'm not kidding. I okay, I truly I don't know. I'll tell you. He was a giant. Yeah. Okay. I knew that. Oh, well, all right. Here's another myth, another legend, John Henry. Do you know who John Henry is? Uh, No. He gained. He's a steel driving man. And um, he got himself in a steel driving contest with a new mechanical steam powered um, automated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? They're building, Mm -hmm. they're having a railroad building contest and John Henry um, won the contest, but then died. It's kind of a bleak. It's very, uh, makes you think. It's very Al Courant, that story, right? Mm -hmm. In today's world, John Henry would be a, um, what would he be? A web journalist. And he would get into an article writing contest with AI and he would write the best article, but at the cost of his own life. Humans versus machines. It was ever thus, John. We have always seen machines as a source of great promise, but also a threat to our very existence. Today's machines are no different. AI, our relationship with AI is just as fraught as our ancestors' relationship with the steam engine or the printing press or even the sundial. Who is better at telling what time of day it is? The old wizard with his sticks or the new modern mechanical sundial? The wizard actually told the more accurate time, but at the cost of his own life, he died. The poor old wizard has died. He left it all on the court, John. He left it all on the field. Oh, sometimes I think about that time-telling wizard, and I think, what a legacy he left us. I had no idea. All right, let's start the episode, John. It's called Election Profit Makers. Yeah? Do you think this telephone, they have a Giuliani donation hotline. Do you think this is actually a real number you can call? Well, I have not tested it. You know, Giuliani um, needs help with his legal fees, but I thought Trump, didn't Trump um, host a $100,000 fundraiser for him? Do you know what I'm talking about? Trump hosted a $100,000 plate fundraiser for Rudy? Yeah, but I mean, how many people could have gone to that? Like like 20 or so? Let me call this real quick. It's not ringing. ringing. Abby. Abby. Why is it picking up? I'll call it. 
Thank you for calling to show your support for Rudy Giuliani and free speech in America. We are experiencing <laughs> higher than normal call volume and all of our agents are... Yeah, you are. If you would like to make your donation online, please visit www.rudyfund.com for fastest service or can try your call again in 30 minutes. Otherwise, please continue to hold. This is going to be our best episode ever. This is true soundscape. Oh my God. You can also watch online at any time on NewsmaxTV.com or download our free Newsmax Hello? app. Your call will now be routed to the next available agent. Hello? Please remain on the line because your call Thank is you for very calling important to us. Thank you for calling the Rudy Giuliani Legal Defense Fund. Your generous support will provide much-needed aid for Rudy in his legal battle in Georgia and across the U.S. Your support will help Rudy to fight the false charges. So, what contribution would you like to make today? So, is this money go? Does this money go to Newsmax or Rudy Giuliani? Uh, Rudy Giuliani Legal Defense Fund. I'm sorry. Can you say that again? Rudy Giuliani Legal Defense Fund. Got it. So when I donate the money, it goes to help his legal bills? To, to Rudy Giuliani Legal Defense Fund. And who's and, and which one is Rudy Giuliani? I want to make sure I'm giving it to the right one. Oh, the Rudy Giuliani is the... Come on, that's an easy one. The Rudy Giuliani has been a leader for the values we us. Americans care about. So his service country as America's mayor and became a hero on September 11. Nailed it. September 11th? Became a hero on September 11. And he, we work obviously for President Trump and to make America great again. Now, Mayor Giuliani, along with the President Trump and others, have been indicted by an Atlanta district attorney. It's clear. She, he wants, he wants that Rudy and others to pay a price for supporting President Trump and exercising their constitutional rights to, to free speech. So now Mayor Giuliani needs your support. So what contribution would you like to make today? How much does he want from me? Uh, we have your, um, eight options for you to donate. Uh, the minimum is 25 and then 50. 75, If he's declared innocent, do they refund the donations? Oh, uh, regarding with that, sir, I'm so sorry about that. I don't have an idea regarding with that, but I will provide to you the right number where you can call. Okay, thanks. Where you, where, with your concern, concern, and we'll give you an affirmative answer, and they will fully assist you. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's eight hundred. Okay. Four eight five. Uh huh. Four three five zero again. Eight hundred four eight five four three five zero. I got it. Thank you so much. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye bye. All right. She she yeah she was not aggressive enough there at the end. She, no, she, she didn't know how to close. Yeah. John, speaking of grifts, it sounds like one of America's best rappers and or should I say libertarian freestyle rappers and one of your favorite dudes 
has a new project. Yes, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is launching a podcast on Tuesday. Is that today? Which, yeah, We're recording be, on yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, it, it'll be today. And it's called The Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy. That's I a f- that name sucks. Yeah. That's a sucky. It should be called Fucking Around with Vivek. And I think it's probably about 9-11. It's <gasps> called The Truth. No way. No it's way. It's probably 9-11 truther stuff, right? No. He can't be doubling down on that. Well, you're probably right. But uh, he has pledged to invest $10 million into building a production studio within his campaign. What? Which he said he will continue to operate even if he drops out of the race. He is going to to use this $10 million that people are sending to his campaign to build a production media studio for his podcast. Speaking of that. It looks like we have new news out of NBC News. Vivek Ramaswamy at Ground Zero defends his controversial 9-11 comments. Yes. While visiting the September 11th memorial on Monday, Republican candidate Vivek Ramaswamy said he stands by the comments he's made regarding the terrorist attacks. Mm. So today is not the day to talk about the comments I made, he said, which I stand by. But it is important to have a government that tells the truth to its people that the people can trust and trust its people back. I think it's legitimate to say how many police, how many federal agents were in the planes that hit the Twin Towers, Ramaswamy told John Hendrickson, reporter. Maybe the answer is zero. Probably is zero for all I know, right? I have no reason to think it was anything other than zero. But if we're doing a comprehensive assessment of what happened on 9-11 and we have a 9-11 commission, absolutely that should be an answer the public knows the answer to. Wait a minute. Has that question not been asked? I have no idea. I would think that they prop that, that that question would have been asked. How many um, <laughs> how FBI many... agents were on the planes? Yeah, I mean, we know everyone that was on the plane. Is the theory that the FBI agents crashed the planes into the? Yeah, that the FBI agents were s- either suicide bombers themselves or mm. were on the plane. I assume overseeing the operation and then bailed <laughs> out. Right ahead oh, of the. The impact? I I don't know. I don't know. There's another 9-11 conspiracy that I want to talk about because it's more current and it's um, one that's actually affecting our lives right now. And that's the Aaron Rodgers 9-11 controversy. Can you explain that to me? Oh, yes. Aaron Rodgers, a former quarterback for the Green Bay Packers who left the Packers and became the quarterback of the New York Jets last night, had his inaugural game with the New York Jets organization, and it happened to be on 9-11. And he uh, led the team out at the beginning of the game, you know, with an American flag and everything as a a tribute to 9-11, which if people don't know, he is somebody who believes that 9-11 was a hoax. And... um, Wait, hold on. He doesn't think it was a hoax, because that would mean like they faked it and it didn't really happen. No, no. I, 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 he, he has questions about. He's like an inside job type of guy. Yeah. Okay. And um, on his first play of the game, he he tore his Achilles heel mm. and is out for the season. And he's forty years old, so he may be out. His career may be over. Very interesting. How many FBI agents were playing on the New York Jets that day? I would like to see the passenger manifest for the football team. 
that's a good question. They silenced Aaron Rodgers because he was going to try to tell the truth about 9-11 on 9-11, right? Yes. The Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy. So how can I listen to his new podcast? Uh, yeah, just, you know, any any of your places where you listen to podcasts. I wonder what, if they'll have a theme song or what their theme music will be like. Do you think? Apparently it's season two, so it, it is something that they have had before. Oh, okay. So this is sort of a, a relaunch. Oh my God. This fucking, remember that guy, Mike Rowe? He used to host this show called Dirty Jobs. Now he has a podcast called, what's it called? The Way I Heard It with Mike Rowe. He interviewed Vivek. Why is everyone so gullible? Jesus. Oh my God. This guy's getting so much sun. Well, I don't think his, his numbers are changing any. Yeah. Let me look at Predict It real quick. Vivek trading at 12 cents on predicted GOP presidential nominee market. Ron DeSantis has retaken the lead. He's up, to, he's up at 14 cents. Of course, Donald Trump continues to dominate at 67 cents. And Tim Scott, who will be my spiritual and financial downfall, holding steady at two cents <laughs> <laughs> behind Chris Christie and Glenn Youngkin and Nikki Haley. Oh, Tim Scott, you fucking disappointment oh my god but speaking of predict it john there's quite a few markets now 9 10 11 12 16 18 20 markets when's the last time you saw 20 markets on this website i don't know it's good stuff yeah it is good stuff do they have a vice presidential market oh you want to talk about the vice presidential market let's yeah, see what because we got that here. is where you make so much money on negative risk. You just have all these ridiculous candidates that are never going to be vice president. Who will win the 2024 Republican vice presidential nomination? Yeah. Would you like to hear your candidates? Yes. Christy Nome, yes. Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, Tim Scott, Carrie Lake, Elise Stefanik, Byron Donalds, Glenn Youngkin, Ron DeSantis, Henry McMaster, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Robert Kennedy Jr., Kim Reynolds, Mike Pompeo, Marsha Blackburn, Chris Sununu, and finally, Mike Pence trading at one shiny penny per share. So it looks like Gnome spiked just a couple of days ago. She's at 19 cents. She's she's in the lead. She was up to 23 cents a couple of days hmm. ago because she made an announcement that she was going to be endorsing Trump, which obviously some people believe would help her in the veep stakes. Right. So that's what you got to do in in this in this market is anytime a particular person has a spike that's when you have to go no on them and short them. And then you just end up no on everybody. And then you can't lose. And then no matter what happens you make money. Yes, as long as long as you're buying at the right price. Christy Nome is the governor of South Dakota, is that correct? Mm-hmm. First elected governor in 2018, Nome is South Dakota's first female governor. During the 2018 election, she was endorsed by President Donald Trump. As governor, Nome rose to national prominence during the COVID-19 pandemic over her refusal to issue a statewide mask mandate. That's a little background intel on Christy Nome, who is leading the GOP vice presidential market at 19 cents per share, followed by Nikki Haley at 12 Marjorie Taylor Greene, man, two cents. That's got to hurt. She's like, I'm out here every day flapping my tail feathers for you, President Trump. Why am I only trading at two cents, you know? Yeah. 
All right, so negative risk. Here's your opportunity. Check it yeah. out. New markets on Predict It. Jump in there. Jump in there. I need to jump in there. Johnny, wish the I'd, water's calling yeah, you. Yeah, I wish I'd been paying attention a couple days ago when she made that announcement. What were you doing instead, John? I don't know. Probably preparing for 9-11. Okay. Just going <laughs> to total dread mode and watching old 9-11 videos, you know. Great use of your time. Yeah, yeah. Which party will win the Kentucky governor's race? Uh, predicted is really, huh, the Kentucky governor's race. Yeah. Where your mom was born. That's right. My mom was born in Kentucky. I don't understand the logic of these new markets. Huh. Well, we'll do more market activities as the election approaches. Okay. Let's not look at this anymore for okay. now. Okay. There's been a lot of North Carolina news, John, and I think we should get to it. Hold on. Let me play the theme song to our North Carolina news update. <laughs> oh shit, I broke my slide whistle. Oh no. No. Oh, something happened to my slide whistle. That was good. Should I bring my slide whistle to Connecticut yes. and do a yeah. slide? Okay, yeah. let me pack. I have to remember to pack my slide whistle. All right, so a federal judge has rejected formal chief of staff Mark Meadows' bid to move his Georgia January 6th case to federal court. And this is important. Why? Well, first, let's explain the North Carolina connection for yes. people who've forgotten. Mark Meadows was a uh, congressman from Western North Carolina, and he's not even from North Carolina. Remember, Meadows is from Florida. Florida. Originally. I know. Yeah. I know. And he was Donald Trump's chief of staff. And he was happy. <laughs> yeah, he was handling that well. As, he was having fun. That was a good job. Uh, so now he's in trouble. And I guess he wanted to move it to federal court because he thought there'd be a better chance that it could get bumped up to the Supreme Court, which is... And he thought the jury selection process would go would go easier for him. Which I don't quite understand that part. Removal to federal court would have given him key advantages, including a jury pool that was more favorable to Mr. Trump. Uh, let me jump in here. For cases that remain in the Georgia state court system, the jury will be drawn from Fulton County, which covers most of Atlanta. Trump received over 26% of the vote there in 2020, so not a lot. Cases removed to federal court would get a jury from a 10-county area where Trump received nearly... 35% of the vote. So Mark Meadows was assuming that if it gets bumped to federal court, it'll be drawing from a wider Yeah, instead of all, everybody might, in Fulton County, he might get some people out of Gwinnett County or Cobb Slightly County more order. favorable to his predicament. Yeah. But that's not going to happen because the judge rejected this. That's right. He's really got to be kicking himself. I think of all of them, no one's kicking themselves more than Mark Meadows, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think so. He's got to come home at the end of the day in a state of profound dismay and agitation. Like, what did I do? I knew this guy was bad news. What did I do? You know, like Rudy Giuliani, I don't think has any regrets. Like, he's he's nuts. He's like, yeah, we, we got to do it. 9-11, you know, or whatever. You know, yeah. I'm Rudy Giuliani. Give me some money. He's probably stressed about money. But I think Mark Meadows out of all of them is the one who's like, Oh, God, this absolutely sucks. <laughs> and I really feel I'm just so glad that's not me. I'm so glad that's not me. I would never trade places with Mark Meadows right now. And he's trying to, like, be so clever, get the case moved to federal court. Yeah, that's happening, Mark yeah. Meadows. You're happy. 
Oh, my God. I mean, can you imagine the stress you would be feeling right now? No, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Do you still have a crush on Mark Meadows? I've been analyzing my parasocial relationship with um, Mr. Meadows. I don't know if it's a crush. I just have a lot of empathy for him. I think he and I have a deep connection in how we respond to stress and um, the responsibilities of adulthood. And I think that if I had been Trump's chief of staff on January 6th, I would have done exactly what he did, which is withdraw into myself and sulk and lash out at anyone who asked me to do anything. So you just relate to Mark Meadows because of your psychological profile. I thought you you thought that he so you thought he was kind of a good looking guy too. I don't think he's. You were surprised at how. I don't think we've discussed this, but I think you opened up to me personally mm-hmm. that you were surprised at how sexy Mark Meadows looked in his mugshot. <laughs> what did I really say that? Am I making this? Did I dream this? Yeah, this might be a dream of yours. I don't think it is. I opened I up think to you, you privately said, about you how said sexy. this. Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, was, we had this conversation somewhere where you said you thought he looked surprisingly good in his mugshot, handsome, maybe. Well, no, he has a seductive. This is. It wasn't really about his appearance overall. It's just that in his mugshot, he looks slightly seductive. Oh, okay, all right. He looks a little tipsy. He has, his nose is bright red. It, it looks a little bit of a come hither look, especially for a chief of staff, you know? Okay. But when I look at Mark Meadows overall, he looks best when he's doing the Mike Pence constipated stare of manly intensity. Right, right. But overall, there's nothing. I don't find anything especially appealing about him. Okay. So, yeah. All right. I misinterpreted that. Sorry. I'm glad we put. I'm glad we've put that rumor to rest. I do not have a crush on former chief of staff and doomed uh, North Carolina citizen Mark Meadows. Speaking of doomed North Carolina citizens, yeah, uh, Michael Morgan has entered the race for North Carolina governor on the Democratic side. He's a former North Carolina Supreme Court justice. And uh, just stepped down from the court last week, and he's entering the Democratic primary for 2024 to go up against Attorney General Josh Stein, who already has the blessing of the current governor, Roy Cooper. So what, what do you make of this? So this guy, Michael Morgan, has entered the race, and his complaint is, why did everybody already anoint uh, Josh Stein as the nominee? That's Everyone was too preemptive. They should have waited for a wider field. And then he had this amazing quote where he said— um, I will be the most qualified, the best qualified, and certainly the most electable to be governor. And uh, I think he only announced just now because he just recently stepped down from the court. Yes. But I think if he was serious about this, he should have entered the race earlier because, yeah, everyone has already rallied around Josh Stein. Josh Stein, who, let's remember, is a Chapel Hill High School alum. Yes. Yeah. So we are totally in the tank for Josh Stein. So too little, too late from North Carolina Supreme Court Justice Michael Morgan. Although he is African-American and the GOP nominee leader, Mark Robinson, is also African-American. Did you know that they're going to have a debate this week and Mark Robinson is pulling a Trump and is going to skip the debate? I think that's smart. Really? Yeah. Can you get away with that if you're not Donald Trump? Uh, I don't think you can. I I don't think... um... 
he would do well in any any particular debate. Oh, you don't think? No, no, I don't. This is for, this for the primary or up against Josh Stein? No, no, this is a GOP. Okay, all right. GOP primary debate. Yeah, I, I mean, he's he's so far ahead. He's raised all this money. I don't see any benefit. Where's our predicted market about North Carolina governor's race? Josh Stein versus Mark Robinson. We know who the nominees are going to be. Where's that market predicted? Yeah, come on, Brandy. You think Brandy still works at Predicted? I mean, who's Brandy? Brandy. You don't remember Brandy? Oh, our old connection on the inside? Yeah. I don't know. Another piece of uh, North Carolina news, John. Lara Trump. It's, it's Lara, right? L- if it's L-A-R-A, it's Lara. If it's L-A-U-R-A, it's Laura. I think that's how it works, right? I know. I kind of say Lara for all of them. Oh, really? Yeah. I try to be conscientious. Laura versus Lara. But I think this is Lara. Okay. Lara, that can't, sounds like a sci-fi character. Donald Trump's daughter-in-law, Laura Trump John, who is from where? Wilmington, North Carolina. That's right. She's from Wilmington, North Carolina. That's why she's part of our North Carolina News Roundup. She had a URL uh, mishap. <laughs> this is like John Kimball bait. Why is it, this is not John? Why did this make news? She apparently had a wrong URL behind her on a TV screen. When she goes on news to fulminate or to present her perspective on the events right. of the day, she has a website URL listed behind her on her backdrop. Which is um, therightview.com. Mm-hmm. But instead of having www.therightview.com, she had four W's. It was www. W. <laughs> Who cares? It doesn't matter. I mean, do you think someone's going to be like read that? It's not like they could click on their television screen and that it mm-hmm. wouldn't resolve. Do you think they'd be like they'd see it and they'd immediately be like, "Oh, that's four Ws. I better write that down." Yeah, I it's kind of sloppy. Viewers of a certain age probably would type in the four Ws and and be mystified when it didn't come up on their browser. You know what I mean? I mean, if you saw somebody's browser that was listed, you know, HTTPPS, mm-hmm. colon, slash, slash, www.electionprofitmakers.com, and there was an act- an extra S in there because of a typo, mm-hmm. you think somebody would, that'd make a difference? Absolutely. Okay. Somebody who's not internet savvy. All right. I mean, it really is incredible because it's... <laughs> I'm looking I'm on right now I'm on www.therightview.com right. and there's all these snippets of her appearing on other networks or whatever. Right. And you think there were hundreds of thousands of people that went to www. I do. I think there was at least a million senior and then they citizens were like, who did. What? They were like, "Well, my computer must not be authorized to have the 4 W URLs. I have to call the Congress and make sure they authorize my computer for this special website or something. See, it would be more interesting if somebody else owned that. But because you own everything to the left of your top level domain name, your sub level, you own whatever dot the right view dot com. So this is not an error where there's fun to be had. It's not like some it's not like some member of Antifa can register www dot the right view dot com and then have it redirect to like or something. Correct. Somebody could register www dash 
therightview.com. Interesting. But again, looking at her website, which is, I will say, a bit, a bit insubstantial, there are so many photos of her in front of her backdrop with the 4W. <laughs> you are like, it really is like, God. Oh, wait a minute. They're still there? Yes. Oh, I would have thought they would have corrected it. Oh, my God. No. Look at this. Yeah. Here's a screenshot of her talking to Dr. Peter McCullough as they look back on COVID, masking our kids, lockdowns, and more. And right there, www. <laughs> Yeah, I, and the I, fact that the fact that she's the fact that she has that like you know slightly demonic blonde gaze that um everyone on Fox has you know but she can't even see the four W's that are like directly over her shoulder. It's like turn around, lady, turn around and look. It's right there. Can't you see it? It's not well put together. Let's just say that fourth W has a tale to tell, and it's a very. It's it's uh, there's a lot going on in that fourth W. I think they're signaling to us the quality of this enterprise. But because she's a North Carolina native, we have no option but to wish Laura Trump all the best and her six foot five husband. Eric Trump is six foot five. Baron Trump, friends. Bar remember Baron Trump, Donald Trump's mysterious son. Mm -hmm. This kid is six seven. I hope he comes to the Connecticut show. Is does Trump own any golf courses in Connecticut? I don't think so. I don't think Imagine he, he, Baron Trump coming yeah. into the music library at Wesleyan University for our show and just sitting on the back row and then nailing our trivia contest about experimental and noise music history. Wouldn't that be so incredible? Yeah. That would be a night no one would ever forget. Yeah. I'm imagining it. Six seven. That's really tall. He's really tall. Yeah. Six seven is tall. That is very tall. Well, his 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 mom is tall. Melania, the famous supermodel yeah. and first lady. Yeah. Melania is 5'11". It's tall. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite tall. I know Trump himself doesn't eat well, but they have enough money. Like Barron could probably have the best food and supplements available to any, any human on earth, really. That's what I think. One last little bit of North Carolina news. Thanks to the people who sent him the profile and National Public Radio's website, which is npr.org. About Anderson Clayton. I had never heard of Anderson Clayton, but John, do you know who Anderson Clayton is? Yes, I follow her on, on uh, TwitX. I follow her, yeah. On um, North Carolina Democratic State Party Chair. Youngest state party chair in the country. 25 years old. Yeah, we could probably have her on if we wanted. She's, she's very, yeah, open to talking to the media. Really likes to push um, the rural communities. Thinks the Democrats should be doing better in rural areas. I mean, but does anybody disagree with that? Is anyone like, no, I think there's they should a lot of people that no, no, no. I think urban areas only from now on. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, North Carolina is going to be a big state next year's presidential election, so we'll see what she can do. Yeah energizing those rural voters to vote for the greatest president of my lifetime, Joe Biden. And I'm not saying that as a goof. I think he I think there's a case to be made that he's the best president of our lifetime, John. What do you think about that take? Uh, I think um yeah, I think that's probably true. What he's done given what he had to work with? Yes. He yeah. smokes he smokes Obama. He decimates Bill Clinton. I mean, there is George W. Bush, who's probably the greatest president of all time, let alone our lifetime. Yesterday was 9-11 anniversary, and we must remember George Bush was 
the king of 9-11. That's what he's <laughs> what, <laughs> what if in 2004 his re-election campaign slogan has been, I am the king of 9-11, vote for me, George W. Bush. That'd be a weird t-shirt. Like I mean, a bootleg it pretty t-shirt. much was, right? Oh my God, this fucking Osama bin Laden 9-11 bootleg t-shirt I bought on Canal Street in the fall of 2001. I wonder what? if I still have that shirt. It's so fucked up. <laughs> what? Did I ever show you that shirt I have? No. Oh my God. Was anybody selling very many sketchy 9-11 shirts in downtown New York after 9-11? Oh it's like people were rushing these things into production. <laughs> and I bought one that was like, um, this is probably like within two weeks of 9-11, there were shirts everywhere, you know, like Never Forget, Twin Towers, New York yeah. Strong, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like like a photo of Tony Soprano or like the Supre- all those Sopranos goons. And it would say, Al-Qaeda, we're coming. Forget about it. 9/11. You know, just like crazy. It was crazy. It was T-shirt chaos yeah. after 9-11. The world was in chaos, but also T-shirt graphics were also thrown into chaos because of 9-11. I bought this shirt. Of, uh, it was Osama bin Laden. So his face was on the shirt. So you know already it's going to be intense as hell because Osama bin Laden had one of the most intense I mean, talk about a vibe. Yeah, you want that to talk was, talk about a tall boy. I know mean, that dude was like six fifteen, so quiet, so smiley, so eerie and uncanny. Fucking releasing videos from his cave. I mean, just like it sounds so fake. <laughs> it's a it's a photo of Osama bin Laden, and it's kind of like a Wild West wanted poster. Mm. So it says something like "wanted" in Old West lettering, and then it has a photo of Osama bin Laden. And it says something intense. It says, <laughs> you know how in the Wild West it would say, wanted, dead or alive, Billy the Kid. This shirt says, wanted, dead and alive, <laughs> Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> it doesn't say dead or alive. It says dead and alive. What? Does- but it's not even and, it's n with like a <laughs> it's letter n with a little apostrophe. It's just kind of jaunty. Wanted, dead and alive. Osama bin Laden, and then I think it says something like 9 11, because that's all you had to put on a shirt, and tourists would just buy the shit out of it. So I had that t shirt, and I think I still have it somewhere in my t shirt Valhalla, my Hall of Fame. I would love to see that. I got to find it. If I find it, I'll post a photo of the Patreon if I can run down that t shirt. I also found an epic political t shirt that my dad had when I was going through my dad's stuff. He has a, a 1980s vintage. Anti Jesse Helms T-shirt. This T-shirt looks so fucking hardcore. I sent you a I sent you a photo of that T-shirt. Yeah. Just say no with the big red strikeout through a black and white photo of Jesse Helms. My dad had must have had that during the Helms Gant campaign. Yeah. That was a nasty race. No, very cool. 9-11 t-shirts. There's nothing like it. And 9-11 editorial cartoons. There was nothing like those editorial cartoons. Yeah. That was wild. What was wild? 9-11? Yeah. yeah. Agree to disagree. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. It was truly wild. John, is there any exciting football news you care to share with our listeners? Hey, you know, this was uh, another exciting football weekend in the ACC, particularly for the University of North Carolina Tar Heels, who were at home in beautiful Keenan Stadium taking on in-state rival, the Appalachian State Mountaineers. 
And uh, Carolina was ranked 17th in the AAP poll, so they were expected to really beat up on Appalachian. And, of course, that did not happen. It was a very, very close game, and it ended up going to double overtime. But UNC won the game, and they are now 2-0, undefeated. Next week, Minnesota comes to town. What's Minnesota going to do in town? Lose, I hope. Interesting. I didn't know Minnesota had a college. What's the name of their football team? You didn't know that Minnesota had a college? The University of Minnesota? I thought that was one of those states that didn't have colleges, like state universities. The Gophers. They're in Minneapolis. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Fan. I didn't know you're the name of their team. I knew that many, I knew that oh. Minneapolis or Minnesota had a college. I did know yeah. that guys. Yeah. Everybody I stopped know. saying, I didn't know that Minnesota had a college. I knew that that was a joke. They I was making have funny. a college. They're the part Every of the, state the, in America has a college. Town. Yeah, they do. It's true. Think of a state and I'll, and think of a state that doesn't have a college. You can't do it. New Mexico. New Mexico has the university of New Mexico. UNM. Um, Idaho. Idaho has the University of Idaho. What's their mascot? Their mascot? The Idaho... Vandals. The what? Vandals. Really? Yeah. Rhode Island. Rhode Island. The Rhode Island Nuggets. I think they're the Rams. The Rhode Island Rams? Yeah, they they have the same colors as... Why am I getting a push alert to stand with Liz Cheney? Why do I give two flying farts about Liz Cheney? What the hell? 14th Amendment initiated. Liz Cheney is demanding Congress ban Donald Trump. Stand with Liz Cheney? No. So we had this huge argument Hmm. or discussion Hmm. uh, on the Discord, the EPM Discord, the last few days. People upset about... The New York Times AP style guide for abbreviating states in datelines. They think that they should use the two-letter postal codes. Some do. Others are fine. You know, so they think if, if the dateline is Hartford, it should say Hartford, comma, CT, like the U.S. Postal Service would. But the AP in the New York Times says Hartford, comma, C-O-N-N, period. Oh, right. Okay. So, uh... Because I think those style guides predated the way the postal code worked. So in thinking about that and just thinking about universities, the University of Vermont, I think they refer to them as UVM. Whoa. Well, that's probably because – is it in Montpelier? Is it University of Vermont, Montpelier? Uh, I don't know, but I don't think that's it. I think they refer to it that way because VT – Virginia Tech is so well known. Interesting. The way we make sense of this world. Interesting. Speaking of style guides. I mean, we have stated, we have the U.S. Postal Code state abbreviations, and then we have the abbreviations that are used in um, the dateline. And then let's not forget the craziest abbreviations of all, the ones that open a portal to madness, and those are the airport abbreviations. That's right. That gets really confusing, particularly in the CH airports. Those get really, really funky. Yeah. You've got Charleston, which gets CHS, 
And then Chattanooga has C-H-A. Charlotte has C-L-T. It just, I you mean, know, what on earth? I'm telling you. It's like I didn't want to go to code breaking school just to try to book a flight on an airplane. My name's not Alan Turing and this isn't World War II. They retired the Enigma code. Okay, so UVM is in Burlington. Right. Okay. Vermont. UVM. So what's that M doing there? I don't know, but they use uvm.edu as their uh, their URL. Wow. And they use four W's. Strange. No, they no, don't. They don't. No. It's against <laughs> their, their style guide. Um, so yeah, maybe we'll talk about that um, when we're up in Connecticut. At this point, it might be quicker to list the things we won't be talking about in Connecticut. Connecticut. John, it's time to end the episode because I have to edit this thing and then you have to post it and then we both have to pack for our big trip this week. So why don't you read the closing credits? Election Profit Makers is an independent production. We welcome your support on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. If you sign up for Patreon, you'll receive some wonderful EPM stickers in the mail. You'll also get an invite code to our private Discord. Send your election prediction questions and bird recordings and whatever else you're interested in to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And if you want to advertise with us, email contact at electionprofitmakers.com. John, have a great day, and I'll see you, uh, gosh, I'll see you tomorrow night, buddy, in Connecticut. That's right. I'll see you then. And everybody else, have a great week. Bye. Bye.